This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. Misogyny is the hatred or dislike of women or girls. It has many categories, including sexual discrimination to violence against women to sexual objectification of women. While to most Christians this sounds evil and horrific, and even to the cult follower descriptions of misogyny sounds terrible, we find threads of misogyny prevalent in the cult today. And the reason that this evil is found in the cult is because this evil was threaded through William Branham's teaching and done so in the name of Christianity. Misogyny is found to be based on religion in certain cases, but not Christianity. Paul said that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female in the body of Christ. Paul taught equality. Misogyny can, cannot be found in either the Old Testament Jewish custom or in the New Testament of grace through faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, women who worshipped Yahweh had it much better than that of the pagan religion and worship of Baal. Around the globe, we find ancient pagan religion practicing misogyny. The Incan Empire held a beauty contest in their worship of the sun god to, to choose virgins of the suns, they called them. If a girl was beautiful and chosen, they were chosen to marry. And if they were not so pretty and unchosen, they remained single for the rest of their lives. Objectification. When their husband died, they took vows to commit suicide to die with them. In ancient Greece, worship of the moon goddess Artemis was very much the same thing. While not much is known of the temple worship in the Incan civilizations, we do know that the women in the worship of the Greek goddesses held the same wife-choosing rituals, and they had female temple prostitutes. Their bodies were objectified in the temples during this pagan worship. Religious ceremonies were often blatantly obscene, including such things as erotic fertility rites and drunken temple orgies, 
perverted homosexual practices, and in the worst cases, even human sacrifice. Artemis had a Roman counterpart, the goddess Diana. Worship of Diana was prevalent in Ephesus, where Paul spoke these things to the letters in his letters to the Ephesians. Paul says this, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Ephesians 5. But the trail of oppressed women in religious cults is woven through time, through pagan religion and all the way back to the fall. Greek mythology was spread to Rome through the port city of Tyre, but it descended from pagan worship in the cities that rose against the children of Israel. The goddess worship typically had a male counterpart who was worshipped as the greater power. In e Egyptian mythology, the sun god Ra had a female counterpart, the Eye of Ra. This eye was the capstone of the pyramids, the object of pagan worship that William Branham said was Jesus Christ. Before that, there was Asherah, the breasted god. While Branham called El Shaddai the breasted god, the phrase El Shaddai simply stated was meant to be the god of Abraham. The word El meant God, and the Hebrew word for Shaddai was both translated to be supplier and destroyer. Branham told a portion of truth when he said that it meant, I am the God who supplies all your needs. But then he incorporated Jewish mysticism from Kabbalah into his teaching, which descended from the false goddess Asherah. There is worship of the breasted God in Jewish history. But remember, there were also great men that rose and tore down the pillars of Asherah. These pillars later became the pillars of Melkort in pagan worship during the power of the city of Tyre. And later, the pillars of Hercules in Greek worship. These were the bad guys, not the good guys. Throughout time, religious cults have had a strong similarity that binds them all together, turning the hearts of worship of the one true God to something else and oppressing women. The cult of William Branham is absolutely no different. Many followers in the cult of William Branham will laugh this statement off telling others how William Branham was telling others that a woman was not worth a good clean bullet to shoot her with. Or how he used to run from women and hate women. Or how many called him a woman hater. See, these are red flags that would raise an eyebrow if he were laying on a leather couch in front of a psychiatrist. His descriptions of his hatred for women in his early life seemed to be better prophecy than any one of the single failed visions that he had later in his life. They predicted the hatred of women that would come in his teaching woven in that would influence millions. While all of Branham's life stories have been proven to be 
completely fabricated. There is always one small thread of truth in each fictional story. He even told us that. He said, the biggest lie of the world has got a lot of truth in it. 1952, he says that. The story of William Branham that he gives of his childhood days, watching the women gathered around his father's moonshine stills, seems to be the root of the problem. <clears throat> he always points back to this one single event as the beginning of his hatred of women. And while we can't go back in time to see the event unfold, it is highly likely that there's more to this story than Branham tells. And it was very damaging to his young and innocent mind. It is likely that he remembered hating those women until the day of his death and he had these day visions of their painted faces and their dress attire that haunted him. But whatever the case, this event would influence him into a sadistic hatred for women. Some of the examples of this are in the view of women in the churches. You see, the Branham cult hierarchy includes an all-men force of power, which is unscriptural. While many churches of today still believe that it is wrong for women to be pastors, they see the women of the Bible that were deacons, and the Greek word for servant is deacon, evangelists, and more. Branham took the words of Paul, let the woman keep silent in the churches, and he refused to look at the pagan culture that Paul was speaking to. The women of Corinth were deeply integrated into religious rituals that included a state of ecstasy that would invoke breaking out into shrill screaming while ripping the flesh off of animals. The second chapter, chapter of Luke breaks this theology at the seams. The prophetess, notice the S, the prophetess Anna almost never left the temple praying and prophesying in devotion to God. Luke 2 says this, Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. <clears throat> she was of great age and had lived with the husband seven years of her virginity. And this woman was a widow of 84 years. Think of that. For 84 years, it says, who did not depart for, from the temple. So 84 years she lived in the temple serving. The, Luke continues, But served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord. This is speaking of when Jesus was born. And spoke of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. This is a woman in the temple. Branham's hatred of women is most obvious in the sermon, Marriage and Divorce. And even that has been tamed down quite a bit, because the sermon that you purchase is not the entire sermon. Not many has noticed that portions of this tape were paused by William Branham, and even more was snipped out by the two homosexuals, Gene and Leo. There is an open letter that is available online that openly condemns Voice of God recordings for snipping out polygamy from that sermon. And if that is correct, it is even still worse. <clears throat> in that sermon, in the greatest display of misogyny, William Branham says this, There is nothing designed to be so deceitful as a woman 
That's deceitful. He says, there can be nothing else. And there is nothing made to be that way. Also, there is nothing that can be so easily deceived as a woman. Now, the fall proves this statement to be true, the fall in the beginning. She was not in the original beginning creation. In other words, listen to what I'm saying. Don't go read the Bible where it says male and female. He created he, them. He says she was in Adam, but not in a female sex, even though the Bible just said that. He says herself at the beginning, she was the byproduct made. In other words, she's a lesser form. Now there is nothing designed that can deceive and be deceived as easily as a woman. He says there is nothing designed that can stoop as low as a woman can. I'm wondering if he's picturing those women from the orgy around the still while he says this. He says, think now, there is nothing designed in all creation that can stoop as low as a woman can. She can tear a man's heart to pieces easier than anything else in the world. His wife, he says, let that nice little wife go running around with some other man. Look at that fellow sitting there with his children, the tears dropping out of his eyes. She is designed that way. She is designed to do this. Tell me if that sounds like the words that would come from Christ, or even Paul or Peter or any of this, the apostles. Does that sound like a Christian man? That a woman is designed to do this. He says there is no hog, there is no dog, there is another animal that is designed like her that can stoop as low as she can stoop. In other words, you women in the cult are lower than a hog wallowing in the mud. You're lower than a dog that eats his own vomit. You're lower than every single animal. That's what he's saying here. He says, now that is true. Then he says, with regards to my sisters, I want you to watch. So I'm going to pause here. Those of you that think he's only speaking to the evil in the world or what he perceives as evil, those that do not ascribe to his beliefs. He is speaking directly to the women in the church. He says, now that is true with regards to my sisters, I want you to watch. He says, no animal can be immoral. You call a dog a slut, the female dog. You call the male hog a sow. But her morals is a million miles beyond many Hollywood stars. That, that is how she is designed to stoop. In other words, you sisters, you are designed to stoop. She can't just think of this now. There is nothing in the world made in God's creation that can be a moral stoop that low. So not only are you lower than all the animals, if you're in this cult, you are lower than everything in the entire earth. <clears throat> he, says, <clears throat> he says there's nothing in the world made in God's creation that can stoop that low. You say, wait a minute, man. He says, we're going to get to that. He says, the woman has to say yes. Think of what he just said there. In other words, if you ask a woman to do something, she has to say yes. She is your servant. He says, notice, there's nothing designed to stoop so low 
or be filthy, but a woman. He says a dog can't do it, a hog can't do it, a bird can't do it. No animal is immoral, nor can it be, for it is designed so it can be. In other words, you are designed to be immoral, all of you women. He says a female hog can't be immoral. A female dog can't be immoral. A female bird can't be immoral. A woman is the only thing that can do it. And yet, <laughs> it's a direct conflict because we have two homosexual guys snipping things out of this particular sermon. <laughs> it blows your mind. This sadistic attitude is not the attitude of a Christian. It is the attitude of one who is worshiping a false god. It is the same attitude of the worshipers of Dagon, who treated their women as lower than the, the male slaves. <clears throat> it is no different, no different in, at all than the temple prostitutes, who were forced into sexual immorality because they were designed for this. This is the doctrine of demons. Jesus Christ's attitude towards women was radically different from what was customary at the time for the Jewish people who had strayed so far from the Mosaic law. Women normally stayed home and attended domestic duties, just as William Branham claimed they should still do. But Jesus allowed the women to travel with him and his twelve disciples. When Jesus sent the 72 out as his disciples or apostles, those women who followed Jesus were not excluded from this group. And why not? He trained Mary and Martha for the ministry almost immediately after this. In Jewish custom, the women were not learned and did not participate in any form of teaching. But Jesus breaks the rules practicing gender equality in every way. And Martha was hesitant. She was already busy being a disciple, a servant. Luke 10 says this, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted by much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So she's asking the Lord, hey, she's just sitting here listening to you. Tell her to come help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. As we've pointed out before, great portions of the book of Luke are avoided by cult leaders. Luke was well studied and is the gospel that is perfectly laid out in chronological order that's easy for you to read and to understand. And Luke did not withhold anything that was against Jewish custom especially for the role of women. If Jesus practiced gender equality in any events in the gospel, Luke wrote it down. And Paul followed that teaching. Though it was even very difficult for Paul to allow in the pagan world of the Gentiles. You see, the Gentile custom 
was much more oppressive to the women than that of the Jewish custom because they were predominantly religious cults with false doctrines. And to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul did not present radical ideas on rights of women that would create scandals. They were already in a hotbed of opposition for simply spreading the, the good news of Jesus Christ. Persecution would have been stronger if Christians were also trying to change the worldview of women. <clears throat> there were also large areas of slavery. <clears throat> and there were many women who were bought and sold and traded as slaves. We find many passages in the letters of Paul and in the book of Peter that tells us not to buck the system and try to not try to break the position of slavery that the early Christians were faced with when they converted to Christ. While most Christians would now agree, even within the cult, that slavery is against the teachings of Christ, we find Paul saying things like this, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling. In singleness of heart, as you obey Christ, not only while being watched in order to please them, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. And Paul's not telling us to become slaves, obviously. Ephesus, remember, was a hotbed of the worship of the goddess Diana. Paul was speaking to the early Christians that were spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ancient cult. <coughs> In the garden, before the fall, the male and the female were equal. While the woman was created to be a helper to the man, there was no sexual discrimination. There was no objectifying of women and no oppression. After the fall, other than the woman being punished to suffer pain during childbirth and serving her husband, there is very little change. It was the cults devoted to false gods that brought oppression to the women. Those same cults that brought human slavery in general pushed slavery even on the free women. Sadly, it seems that that pagan theology is spread throughout the ministry of cult leaders like William Branham. Those pagan forms of worship that raise the status of a man to much more, much higher status than that of a woman. I am thankful that so many, day by day by day, are escaping the cult of William Branham and are finding peace by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that after watching my own female family members become servants to the male members without even realizing it, that I can watch others now be set free to love their husbands as partners and not as property. I'm thankful that we serve a God in heaven that does not promote the oppression that we find in these ancient religious cults that served demons. I ask all of you that you would pray for these women in this religious cult. And like Paul, as the gospel is spreading, we should not ask them to release themselves from their chains of bondage, but that God would give them strength to endure the trials. And may God have mercy on the pastors that have twisted their Bibles in the way that these cult leaders have done to treat their women like that of ancient evil. Oh.